Good evening, hockey fans. Welcome to the podcast. It's been a interesting couple of weeks since we last recorded. There's been some highs, there's been some lows, good results, poor performances probably as well thrown in there. Just got a fair bit to talk about. But I think before we get into it, we've got some wee news updates, wee bits going on around the clan to discuss. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the trans jerseys shirt off the back that they had Last was it last Friday? I can't remember. At the um, Pride night. Uh, so I think we spoke in the last podcast about the kind of Pride jersey auctions and, you know, would the clan get kind of more money in if they were to do like a kind of replica jerseys or like a shirt off the back or something like that. But yeah, eight or words, they actually did end up doing it that night. I don't think it was very kind of well publicised. We only really found out about it on the night. So yeah, I think for the jersey itself, maybe not our cup of tea. Obviously, kind of appreciate it's the kind of the trans pride colours, but just the actual kind of design. I think it was like kind of like the tears. Of, that makes sense. It wasn't really our cup of tea, but I, th- I think I mean they sold quite a lot of tickets from it. I mean we were going up to the table to buy our fifty fifty and shirt off the back tickets. They had like the kind of like ticket books, like wads of them, kind of. T- tossed to the side that were kind of done with so they must have sold quite a lot yeah it looks like they did do well like we say we were up at the table and they, they were filling up bu- like a bucket full of all the ticket stubs and stuff like that yeah um so it looks like there's i think when it was a full team shirt off the back it's kind of got a lot of people thinking they've got more of a chance of getting a ticket so maybe buying more tickets so it'll be interesting to see how much money they made from it i don't know if they've really publicized it to be fair i don't know if they maybe made it too clear what was happening with the money. Now, I'm not trying to have a go at the clan there in terms of the Transpride jersey. It's just, for me, I didn't quite see it too clearly where the money was going. I'm assuming it's maybe the same as the Pride jersey um, auction, but I think what we're going to say is basically fair play to the clan. It looks like they've actually did a full team off the back. Um, and that's something I guess a lot of people had been asking for, including ourselves. Yeah. Uh, lo and behold, we didn't win. I think the clan could auction do like a full team shot off the back for every single game of the season and we probably still wouldn't win yeah so. I think if there was 3,000 fans at the stadium and 3,000 shots we'd still somehow not end up winning <laughs> a shot is basically how our luck goes at these yeah. things so we had that and fair play to the clan like we say for kind of doing a full team shot off the back and then I guess moving on after the match against Northam they did a pride jerseys auction thing and I sat and took a note of all the prices like a sad act and to be fair I'm not going to lie to you we were absolutely knackered and I'd kind of committed myself to taking a note of these and you kind of get to a point where if you've done 15 of them you might as well stay for the other 10 or whatever and there was some interesting figures here I'd say overall for me whilst I get there's some debate about um, the pride like auctions and how much it costs it kind of rules out maybe a regular fan of being able to get a shirt. I would say there's quite a lot of these maybe in the lower end of the, the jersey auction average price compared to maybe other tops. But there was some obviously high flyers yeah. in terms of ones going for kind of wild money. I, I think to be fair to this one, I think all the proceeds were going to is it Thai? Thai, yeah, the charity that the clan were supporting on the night. So yeah, fair enough, it's all for charity. And I think that the first jersey was Mitch Jones, which was the highest price of the night, nine hundred pounds. So when we went in with that, we thought oh, this is gonna this is gonna be wild tonight. But in comparison to other jersey auctions we've watched, the prices were definitely lower. So I don't know if that's don't know what that represents. Cost of living crisis, just less people kind of hanging around for the auction. I'm not too sure. 
Uh, so, yeah, you had just a quick rundown of some of the prices. You had Mitch Jones at 900 Big Kevin Massey at 500 Hayden 420 Trying to see if there's any other ones that stood out. Brad Kennedy at 600 yeah. <laughs> 660 So I think he was maybe the second highest of the night, Big uh-huh. Braddy. You had Stephen Dixon at 360 I would have said probably you would have thought would fall into the low category of... Uh, Pricing, but then there's definitely. Oh, you had Dyson Stevenson at six hundred and sixty as well. But you had a lot of bloods and other players at around about the two hundred mark. Now we're not saying that's like the most affordable thing, but compared to previous ones, I think you're talking about like starting bids even for like bloods at like two hundred sometimes. Mm-hmm. So fair play, raising money for charity, but probably was on the lower end. I think it does go back to the debate of what makes the most money for the charity, I guess, in this case. But I guess there is a debate of, I think there's a lot of people that would like to have a pride top, I guess, to show their support for that community and stuff yeah. like that. So I guess that's the, the kind of debate of what are you trying to do? Raise money for the charity as a primary factor, assuming this is the most efficient way of doing it, or is it allowing a top that a lot of people can bear to show their support and inclusivity of that kind of community and stuff like that. So that's the debate. How much was the price for known and loan this season? 400. 400. Because I just thought that was quite, sur- I kind of thought that like it's quite surprising that it's almost cheaper to get a, an auction a lot of these tops than as an own and loan obviously with the own and loan you get like the event is it handover event or something like that yeah. I suppose that's included in the, the package I don't, I don't know I just thought it was interesting well, I th- I th- to be fair that's something we've thought about like um, I think there was a big I could have made this up but I feel it was a price jump between last season and this season it was maybe like £300 mm-hmm. last season then it's now 400 and that and I think we considered doing it and then just the prices I just thought I can't, I can't really quite justify £400 myself yeah but yeah so I'd say that seemed like a fairly big success the Pride Jersey auction I think a fair few seem to have got a top and I think the thing that annoyed me about it is it actually was a really really nice top I think the designs online the kind of digital version of it it made it look a bit Nah, but in person it was actually really, really nice. Surprisingly nice. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm really stupid, but the mock-up online had like it looked like it was down the bottom. It just said Pride. Obviously, that was just advertising. It was a Pride jersey, but I thought they had like big, big block letters saying Pride. So when they came out nice and they didn't have that, I thought, oh, okay, that is a bit nicer because I thought, I mean. <laughs> But that much. Yeah. I actually did see though. Um, I don't think they do this other jersey auctions, but I think you get the you got the pride socks with it, like the rainbow oh, coloured socks. Oh, they were nice. So you got a wee bonus item as well. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the things we discussed a while ago, and I just saw it on Twitter, and I just thought I'd throw it in, even though it's maybe not to do with the clan. It was ticket ticket pricing versus the online product. Now, obviously, recently we've kind of, for the most part, found a bit of a game. But I saw um, Fife had a Challenge Cup match that was on the TV and I saw someone, I can't remember the chap's name, but tweets in like a screenshot of the stadium at the, at the barn in Fife. And it was like, they maybe sold like 400 tickets. And I think it was that whole, it was shown on TV, they were still trying to sell it at full price. And then I think the game the next week had a radio promo for like £8 or £9 a ticket. And I thought it just highlighted that it does show that if your team's maybe not performing that well, it can be quite a sometimes a bit of an issue to get people in the stadium like we've seen when games are on via play or whatever it's called mm-hmm. so it was just showing you it does show how it can impact some of the games so I'd start pointing that out I think the other thing we'd kind of seen on the internet was um, a food prices debate, debate yeah. is maybe the best way of saying it about the clan and different things like that now I think 
during the summer months, maybe when the hockey season dies down a bit, we're going to try and take some of these topics and maybe do a bit more of a detailed dive into it or look at it. But for us, I would say, yeah, we think the prices are a wee bit steep and it's, it's trying to find that right balance between arena pricing and also realising that you've got all these food places right in the doorstep and trying to find that fair value. And I think everyone's probably seen on the internet, probably one would most people would relate to is Fife. Okay, I'm not going to pretend the food's like... 100% Chef Gordon Ramsay quality, but they seem to have got the quality to price ratio pretty good that if I was a Fife fan and had a season ticket, I'd probably consider more often than not just getting something at their rink yeah. rather than going and trying to go to the chippy that's around the corner or anything like that because it's just less hassle. Whereas I think what clan be sometimes forget is they do have all these things on their doorstep and I get I don't mind and that's where if you go back to the previous point about the quality of the on-ice product I kind of get that you're paying a bit of a premium in order to I guess support the team and put more cash in the coffers to get a better on-ice product but you could you could argue most of this season the on-ice product hasn't really been up to much so yeah I, th- I think well, I've kind of gave a long answer when I meant to give a short one but I no think, I agree uh, I, th- I think like for for me, I, I would never probably choose to go. Like I wouldn't be going to a clan game saying, "Oh, do you want to get a hockey hot box?" <laughs> I, I would only be doing it out of you know, if I'd we were going last minute, it, it would just be out of kind of convenience, I guess. Whereas, like you said, for Fife, you could probably I wouldn't mind actually just planning to go. Let's get our dinner at the arena, and I think there's probably a lot of people that are in the same boat. The the one time that I have had a hockey box. Ho- Sorry, <laughs> put my teeth in. Hockey hot box. Like I thought it was all right, but from when they introduced it to like the the portion size you get now, like they've definitely been a wee bit cheeky and like shrunk the box you get it in. Yeah, uh, for the same price. I think we're not. Bit fly. I think we've. Uh, I think we've had a few folk that have uh, had the hockey hot box where they've been with us, and again. That's maybe the, the target market. It's people that maybe aren't thinking twice about it. They've not really had any issues with the quality of it. They've all said it's been all right. I mean, they could just be being polite, but for the most part, I think they'd be honest about it. So not really having a go at that. I think it's probably just something that you know, needs to maybe get a wee bit tweaked. I guess it's probably just been raised to the fore by the kind of increased bag searches and all this kind of stuff that's maybe kind of caused a wee bit of furore. Yeah. So, yeah, not to dwell on it too much. We've got We've got a couple of podcast topics for the summer to go into different things like like this entertainment and what would we do to improve the experience and what's it like being a season ticket holder what could we do to improve the year and things like that but yeah so I think not too much there really to discuss in the news so I think we just go into the match reviews mm-hmm. so the first match since I think we last recorded was Clan at Home against the Nottingham Panthers which unfortunately finished a 3-1 defeat um, and I think if memory serves me we've made some notes got off to a bit of a slow start I think we ended up getting two penalties for delaying the game which is a bit annoying because I think the clan overall over over recent times have managed to stop getting a lot of silly penalties and it just seemed it just seemed a bit of a waste of a penalty like f- there was there was no real need to delay the game that I could see there so it was a bit weird I, d- I don't know if they were actually even that controversial if memory serves me they hit the puck straight out the ring yeah I, I think Toby Craig I don't know if he's got a wee <laughs> Residency or something like that at the Premier Inn beside, is it the Premier Inn that's beside the arena? I don't know. But he's there every game, refing, and some days he doesn't call anything, some days he calls like the softest call, like it's very up and down. Yeah, and we have some people that it, it, you almost think they're there, it's, it's, 
there's some folk you see at the arena where you think they've just bought a ticket because he's named as a referee so they can start giving him pelters <laughs> and I heavily enjoy that I enjoy it um, I think this match also had the debuts for Jeff Solo and Nicholas Tickenen if that's how you say his name um, and to be fair I don't I think in to give in their favour I don't think they stood out which probably suggests they did a good job for us kind of like I guess relatively new hockey fans but if anything I'd probably say maybe Jeff Solo if memory says maybe he stood out a wee bit but mm-hmm. the fair they came in and I think it allowed the other players to have a wee bit of a breather mm-hmm. um, there, was all this, there was a there was a weird part in the the match where Kevin the announcer just before the third period had said the refs have asked for things not to be thrown in the ice now I never saw anything th- get thrown in the ice now bear in mind we are very back row probably not going to really see this stuff but was there anything thrown in the ice? I'm assuming there must be if I've had to make this announcement, but didn't really see anything, did you? Well, I'm a wee bit blind at the best of times as well, so there, there may well have been, but yeah, I didn't see anything either. Um, so yeah, that was that was a wee bit interesting. Um, I think, to be honest with uh, with you, the performance I think we had is about a wee bit, my notes were, were a wee bit lacklustre going forwards, but I also think, if memory serves me, was this the one where Peyton Jones... Um, was from Belfast and Goals and went to Nottingham to replace I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Devoe It's Devoe Devoe I think he was a bit of a, maybe a weaker goalkeeper shall we say well, No he's still with them, is he not? But he's just, he was on the bench Yeah but I think uh-huh. I think he was letting a lot of things in and kind of known as being yeah. a bit weak in goals uh-huh. So Nottingham had tightened up that aspect and it showed, I think that um, Peyton Jones did make a lot of saves but yeah. I do think he maybe let a lot of Things fall in front of them, uh, which got a rebound, but we just didn't have MD there. And mm-hmm. I think at that point we we're playing a strategy of chuck the puck up and have felt like half the team behind their goal. But yeah, so not the, not the best performance, um, and we lost a goal in our own power play, which was uh, oh, always did fun. We? I didn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, a power play sometimes can be a wee bit uh, tiresome to watch. Um, as we'll, we'll discuss in the Guildford one in a couple of games. Um, I think the other thing I found interesting is we've obviously had some success recently with the whole pull the goalie, getting a last minute goal kind of thing. But I'm always curious, as, as a new fan, when we've got, what was it, like a minute left in the clock, 30 seconds in the clock, we're two goals down and they call a timeout. What what goes on in that timeout for the minute? Like, is like, to be fair, up until recently, we had never seen a score a goal when we pulled, pulled the goalkeeper, then all of a sudden, it feels like we've done that every match. But what did they discuss when two goals down with a minute to go? Has anyone seen a match where, with a minute to go, pulling the goalkeeper, they've actually managed to get two goals back? Now, at hazard, I guess, it has happened, but I, I was just intrigued to know what went on in that time out. Maybe, maybe we should try and get some seats just behind the benches one day. You yeah. Fancy it. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll listen in. So the next match was maybe the turning point for the, the runner games. It was uh, Sheffield Steelers away. And S- sorry, what, what's their name? Sheffield Squealers. Thank you. <laughs> um, it was the Sheffield Squealers away. And we didn't catch the match online. I, I think we were probably in that. I can't remember. Maybe I had something on, but we're like, right, we're not paying for the stream. And then, of course, they get like a big upset win and win 4-2. And from what I heard, played pretty well. And I guess to beat, what, a team challenging near the top... It's a pretty fine result away from home. And I think I saw there was an interview with Buesa, who I think he played two matches that day as well. Yeah, he played two... two what is it? Sheffield Steel Dogs? Is that who he's yeah. playing for now? And so, then played the clan for the clan straight after. So fair play to him for that. I think, I think to be fair, from what I've loosely seen of when he has played back in his two-way deal with the clan, it does feel like it has done him a bit, bit of good. It does seem a bit 
better, to be fair. Yeah. So, yeah, great win there. And then the next home match was Clan 3, Cardiff Devils 2, overtime win. So, another bumper result. Although it got off to a bit of a ropey start, and it was one of these ones where we went, oh, here we go, the lucky charms are back. Cardiff scored within 35 seconds, and you're like, oh. You're kind of bracing yourself for the long the long haul here. Um, but then we got a equalising goal by was it John Dunbar at the end of the first. Yeah. So we got back into it. And I think I definitely think what Dyson's done is he's tried to analyse other teams and how they play. But to flip it, I think they've done the same thing back to us. And I think they've known, if you look at the course of our season, there's a few characters who are known for getting penalties quite easily. Those probably being Dyson, Stevenson and Mitch Jones. And for me in this match, it felt like Cardiff were trying to get a bit of fisticuffs out of them. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, if memory serves me, they didn't really take the bait. And you could almost see, like, if you remember Mitch Jones, that they'd be just looking to leather someone at any point, I think, at the start of the season. Whereas you could see it must have taken all the will in the world to not like get into these fights. But they'll definitely try and entice our players to get into fights. Because I think, as we know, once we start getting these power play or giving teams power plays, we start to kind of fall away and crumble almost. Yeah, I definitely think it would have been a different game if we'd ended up in the box because I think our penalty kill has been a wee bit rotten. Yeah. About uh, well, all season, but as of late as well. So yeah, f- fair play to them. They, they didn't take the bait. They kept the cool. So the Cardiff Devils were up 2-1 in the second period. And I think we played all right in this match, like pretty good. Like it was, if memory says me, I thought this was a really entertaining match. Like kind of something we've been looking for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be 2-1 down was a wee bit annoying. And the equaliser for the clan came from the big man, Gary Hayden, in the last couple of minutes of the game. And I think this is where, again, we pulled the goalkeeper and managed to get a goal. Uh-huh. So yeah, it was a, so that was, again, seemed to all of a sudden pull the goalkeeper and get a goal. I feel like we should just do that even if we're winning because we'll get a goal at this point. <laughs> get a bit cocky. I know. I'm all, it's just, but I, I feel like every other time we've seen the, the clan, even before this season, every time that tactic has been used, it's it's never worked. It's always been like an empty netter has been scored. And this, it just feels like the last, I don't know, couple of runs of games when it's happened, we have actually been able to capitalise on it. So that's, that's good. Yeah, so, and then another rarity, I don't know, is this the, is this one of the first times we've seen them in person win an overtime? I've I've never seen them win an overtime. Yeah, so again, it was I, I, I remember jumping up and down, like you know that way when the players celebrate a goal by kind of almost like punching the air, going a woo. I was doing this, I was getting right into it. Um, so I that was a so that was a cracker of a win, and we're buzzing there. Obviously, leading up to the Guildford match, you're going well. We've already slayed two teams, and we had been playing well, so it wasn't. Fluky, I think we had been doing yeah. playing well. The team looked like they had some sort of organisation and focus. Now going to Guildford, obviously, to be fair, I think we've gave them a decent run for our money, despite, you know, I think the first match of the season we got beat by off the back of one poor line change in the last like minute of the game. And look, not I think not wanting to get too cocky, I think we thought we had a chance of maybe doing something uh, the, the the home match against Guildford and nah, never happened. And I think what was even more disappointing about it is to see the first 10 minutes of the match against Guildford uh, last night, probably bit some of the best hockey I think I've seen the clan pay, play mm-hmm. outside of the, the, the Cardiff match. Played them, I don't know whether we played into a trap potentially, but we were playing really well. And I was thinking, we'd actually take the game to Guildford. We could have a really great tail end of the season here if we keep playing like this. You know, three matches in a row playing with some real 
purpose, maybe is the best way of saying it. Um, playing as a team, but with a strategy. Massey scores a fantastic solo goal, and to give Massey massive credit, you could probably argue we Massey of credit. Massey credit. Um, no, I'll edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we were maybe somewhat critical of him at the start of the season, but if anything, I feel like he's one of the players that's definitely grown to being one of the best players. Yeah. And there's, you could argue some of the players that were meant to be some of the better players are now slipping in standards compared to him. I'd say Massey played a blinder in terms of he skated all the way and scored a solo goal. A short, was it a solo goal? Was that what they call it? Shorthanded? I don't know. Solo goal. Um, <laughs> don't know. Um, so yeah, a great, great goal uh, by Massey there. However, that took it to one each. Uh, or was it one each? I can't remember what the first goal was from Guildford. But then the second goal I thought was really, really poor. It was... Um, they were halfway inside our defensive zone with three players just standing around John Muse and nobody went out to close this guy for a shot. I just thought it was really, really poor. It was, I think, um, I can't remember who skated off, but basically made it vocal that he thought it was poor. I think it was maybe McLean was shouting some expletives, mm-hmm. but it was, it was, you know, a bit of a poor one to have a guy who was clearly teeing up for a shot. And I think I saw someone online describe it as he time to post for the photo before, hit, <laughs> before he hit that shot. So, uh, kind of Muse got a bit hung out to dry in that one, I would have said. But I guess Off Ice had some Off Ice entertainment. <laughs> yes, which as we got into the, the second and the third period was a bit more entertaining than what was on the ice, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if it was like a school group or something like that, but we had a group of wee boys uh, beside us hopped up in the orange tangle. <laughs> And I think I saw one of like a wee bag of Haribo's, so I think the sh- the sugar highs were... High in the supply, yes, I think high, high in their own supply. Slamming away at the sign like hooligans. And then I think there was maybe a fight and they were playing like who let the dogs out. These wee boys were woof, woof, woofing. <laughs> yeah, what was funny about it is like they were going from like... Sl- like we're, we're obviously exaggerating the hooliganism part, but they're like slamming the sign, <laughs> getting really angry. And then it just, just cut to who let the dogs out and you've just got like 10 wee boys going woof. <laughs> like just to start this football hooligans chat yeah, again. <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Like they were. Uh, like it was just funny how they just turned into children again. Like they went from like pure smacking the sign, getting raging, to then just all unanimously whiffing. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. And then uh, across from us at Block K, there was like a group again. I don't know if it was like a school group or something, but they all had like the foam like sieve fingers. Is that what it is? Yeah. They, they just spent. The full game battering one another, which was very funny. I mean, we we were taking odds on who was going to actually yeah, the, like, on top. The best way to describe it was, I think, like, see, during the first period, didn't notice it. After the second period, the break there, it's as if they felt how we felt, which was deflated. And they were just, like, absolutely... It wasn't just, like, kind of tapping each other, like, point, like, prodding. It was probably... There was one boy just did, like, a full side of about five yeah. children, like, five children with the foam finger. It was really funny. And I think we've got a few people involved in Twitter and taking some odds there. But, yeah, it was more entertaining than what was nice, fights-wise, anyway. But, yeah, it wasn't the greatest of matches, I would say, the Guildford match. I guess we have to take hats off Guildford. Honestly, it looked like... They were on a different level. Not one to too insultful, but it was as if they were playing with an extra player at some point. So mm-hmm. just so fast. We were so off the pace. And I think Dyson in his interview post-match kind of summed it up as I think a lot of the players started just playing their own game rather than the team game. And, you know, I think even you could agree it looked almost 
back to the Cameron days yeah. to a certain extent. I mean, even you're talking about them looking like they were playing with an extra player. When we were playing with an extra <laughs> player in the power play, they had like, I don't know who it was, but one of their team kind of skate up one-on-one with the goalie and I think he had like two shots on goal. Yeah, so that was the bit that was the most embarrassing for me. Now, I've been fairly critical of the clan's power plays because I actually don't really get excited for them because I think any other team would go, here we go, we've got a goal coming. Whereas more often than not, the stats might prove me wrong, but we end up potentially losing a goal. And this one I thought was even worse because the guy had a chance in front of Muse and there was, it would take, he had at least five seconds before there was even going to be a skater near him. I don't know how that can happen when we've got more players in the, on the, the rink. I just couldn't believe it. What I was seeing, it was, it was, it, I was flabbergasted. I just put my head in my hands. That's flabbergasted. Yeah, honestly, I just couldn't believe we've got one extra player, and this guy's got a one-on-one chance for Muse. Nobody about him to even try and forecheck him. Look at me using all these fancy hockey terms. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was a bit where I went. This just isn't going right. It's just not going right. And I think, I think there's a fair few players in there that didn't really live up to. Or, you know, some of the veterans or people that are probably, I'd imagine, signed in the big box kind of let the team down a wee bit there by not kind of digging in. And that's a bit that was frustrating. However, it is what it is. Yeah. We have to move on to the next one. It was always going to be a challenge, but I don't think we can just say because of the top team that we can accept a performance like that. It wasn't good enough. It was bad. I did think it was quite funny how the, the, the clan did a cheeky little move and that uh, they didn't announce the 50-50 until I think it was like three minutes and 58 seconds left. Because I was thinking, why have I not heard the I want money yet? And yeah, it was obviously so people would keep the bums on their seats and not have a mass exodus because at this point it was, I'm guessing, 5-1, 4-1. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they, yeah they, that, was, they, that was quite a sly little move. Yeah, they did that and... We didn't buy a ticket this night. We were so deflated, I think, that we just sat in the seat and stopped. You can't move all this living in our seat. We couldn't even moving. Um, so we didn't even buy any of the shut off the backs or whatever. And to be fair, I wouldn't say we left early, but how should we say, we left our seat about a minute and meandered our way around to the exit and then left. And to be fair, got out super sharp, but it was a, it was a bit of a depressing match. I just thought, I get Guildford, obviously by looking at it deservedly top of the league but I felt, I felt like we also didn't do ourselves any favours especially after that solid opening 10 minutes we just looked at miles off the pace it was it was a gulf of a difference but hey well, it is what it is so as you can see there a bit of a mixed bag some, some real highs and a bit of a low there but overall I think out of those four matches we got a point average of one a game really so mm-hmm. that's I guess what the target was for from Neil Black so I think we're still keeping our point of game average which yeah I, th- I believe is a target now is that target going to be good enough to get us into the playoff spots but no so I think looking at the upcoming matches we've got we've got Nottingham away you know again you'd say if you play like we have played against Cardiff Sheffield got a solid chance same with Fife at home Fife at home is a must win and really we need to win it in regulation minutes so they don't get a point now you've got Devils home, Belfast away. You know, we've beat Devils before, but if you use the last match as the running form, I wouldn't be confident for any of these matches. There's, maybe I'm being a bit dramatic, but I thought it was pretty poor. So hopefully that was just a blip and we can get back on it. Because um, I do feel like Dyson seems to do quite a good analysis of the teams that we play against from his interviews. So hopefully hopefully that was just a blip and we can get back on it. Mm-hmm. We we discussed it a few podcasts ago about adding like in any other business, like just general other chat not to do with hockey. So just thought we'd maybe let you in on a wee bit of stuff we've been getting up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things we went and saw was a band called The 1975. <laughs> like. 
grandpa. <laughs> yeah, um, and if you, if you use TikTok, they're, there's quite a, they're quite viral in that at the moment. Now we've been fans of them for a few years now, um, but we're really looking forward to this. And their music is good, and they normally put on a good show. But this was like. This was like a great like stage production, if that makes sense. Like they had the stage set up as like a living room, like, like a massive living room in the hydro, and then like they'd come in and like open the door, come round and switch all the room lights on and all that kind of stuff. It was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean personally, but we obviously both really like the band. But I think two two nights before or three nights before, I can't remember. They played down London and they had a uh, Taylor Swift as a special guest. So like. Like you said, there's like the kind of uh, set up as a house, so she kind of knocks on the door of the house, and you're like, "Oh, well, who's at the door?" And T Swizzle walks in. So I was thinking, "Are we going to get a special guest? Are we going to get Taylor Swift?" Uh, unfortunately, we didn't. We just got the 1975, which was good, but <laughs> yeah, but but disappointing. Yeah, I think what was interesting about it is I think the way the way this guy, the lead singer, is called Matty Healy, and. He kind of plays, I guess, a caricature version of himself almost. Yeah, kind of rock star and yeah. I'm on stage boozing. And yeah, that. so like, I think the first half of it's meant to be kind of like him not knowing, like being a bit of a rock star and he's down, downtrodden or whatever. Because it's a bit where he goes, if, like he looks into the camera and says, oh, everything is like, it's all kind of made up. You've got to kind of look at what everything's around you because people are just put on a like pretense and he just goes, like, look at this, stop. And then everybody in the stage just like pauses in motion. Yeah. And then... And then he goes, go, and then they start walking about again and stuff like that. And then it kind of like, then the second half of the set kind of splits into him now being like the rock star, kind of playing that kind of rock star ego. So it was quite a kind of, weirdly, I can't believe I'm saying this and sounding a bit like arty-farty, but it was a it was an interesting kind of like, art is maybe the best way of saying it, but it was it was really good. Oh, do you want to talk about his kind of performance between the, the two halves of the show? Was oh, this the press-ups? Oh, and the raw meat. Oh yeah, so basically to finish off, most of the band have walked off stage, switched off the lights, then some sort of weird moment where he just starts doing press-ups looking into a camera and then eats like a raw bit of meat and then climbs through a telly. It would make sense if you saw it. And it's just very kind of weird. <laughs> but I, And I know you're going, why have you added this to this podcast? But then it's one of the guests they had down in Newcastle. They had uh, Louis Capaldi. And Louis Capaldi... And his bit when he came into the living room, he started singing like a 1965 song, but in the background it had videos of him doing press-ups, eating Billy Bear meat. <laughs> like, Billy Bear like, meat. taking the mick out of uh, Matt Healy doing that kind of bit, shall we say. So yeah, anyway, just wanted to say the 1975 definitely bought into the hype. I think they've got mo- the show on Amazon. Uh, Amazon Music? I'm um, praying it was like the Madison Square Garden show. Yeah. So, it's it's really... It's, Good production, so I would recommend checking out. So it's worth checking out whether you're a fan of the music or not, just to see what the kind of the, the whole setup is. It is very weird. Um, oh, and they also, if you're on, if you're on a hashtag Matty Talk on TikTok, uh, they did do the um, auto tune. Don't like menthols. Yeah, so, so that was my that was my highlight of the night. Yes, yeah, so we use his auto tune to kind of take the other songs. Yeah. So the other thing we've been kind of looking at is our. Been entertained by was we've been watching the traitors on BBC iPlayer, so it's a kind of reality show uh, whereby you have about 20 folk enter a castle in Scotland. At this point, they don't know who is a traitor or a faithful, and then Claudia Winkman goes around and picks three traitors, and the whole game's basically set up as they've got to try and eliminate the traitor whilst the traitor's in amongst them. It's really, really good. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, and this is—I think we started watching this actually on Netflix, but 
don't know, we maybe need to revisit it, but there was a programme around back in the 90s that I was obsessed with called The Mole. It was used to be on like Channel 5 and it was a similar kind of like pretense where it was like one of the players is the mole and everyone's got to try and kind of suss out who who the mole is and the mole is actively trying to kind of like sabotage the game. Uh, so it was kind of similar, but I was, I was obsessed with that back in the day. So it's good to have something... Eh, somewhat similar to that. Yeah, we but we totally binged the traitors over Christmas, didn't we? Yeah, so it's, it's it's really good because it is a reality show, right? And I know some people are kind of hitting missing that, and we are like reality TV junkies. But this is really really good because I've got loads of people on work on to as well. But it's like even like the first few episodes, it's like everyone starts accusing each other of things. Yeah. So as the viewer in this, unlike the mole in this one, the traitors, you know who the traitor is so you can see these people they just start going Ian I think you're the traitor and just really heavy lean into these folk and then we know they're not then these people are starting to cry because they're getting put under so much pressure then there's a Scottish guy who came across as really really nice and then he just goes up to this guy and goes it's an act you're doing this it's manipulative and I don't like uh-huh. it the guy's like literally having a full blown panic attack <laughs> this guy's having a panic attack while this guy's shouting at him and the guy's blinking innocent he's a faithful and this guy's having a go at him he just turns so nasty it was so it's funny, obviously that's a bit tragic at that point, but it was a really entertaining thing seeing these people like have to like do four motions yeah. and stuff like that. So I would recommend it and if like I say, if you are gonna watch an iPlayer, make sure you're watching the UK version. There's also an American version, which looks okay, but I would highly recommend watching the UK version. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we just thought we'd throw in these wee tidbits. Don't know if we get anything else. No, I don't think we've more. If, if anyone's got any real, reality TV recommendations, like we said, we are quite sad. We really, we really love a bit of reality TV. So yeah, in my head, I'm trying to um, save up my credit card miles to get to Vegas to go to the Vegas hockey team there. Because apparently, that's amazing. Also, because I like Hell's Kitchen. Gordon Ramsay's reality show so I can go to his restaurant yeah. Ian's dream is for Gordon Ramsay to call him Big Boy <laughs> <laughs> oh, bit of an insight there <laughs> uh, right cool uh, it's good to catch up <laughs> right cool <laughs> right cool right guys we'll see you in the next one <laughs> okay bye <laughs>